it summarizes the basics of what we've been saying throughout this month. Praise the Lord. I want you to know that we are on an intentional mandate. A very, very intentional mandate. Praise the Lord. The truth is not always popular. What makes the truth the truth it is that it's the truth. <laughs> not that it's popular. Are you with me? As you can see, with all sense of humility and honor to the Roman Catholic religion, it is Antichrist. Are you following me? We are not trying to raise a different denomination with a new set of Rema. We want to make the truth as clear as possible. That is why we go the lens, we go, we do the research, we do. We listen to different theologians, we study the word, we pray, we fast to make these things available. I want to encourage you, let it spread in Jesus' name. So today, we want to address a very interesting topic. which you've titled Making Heaven, What the Bible Teaches. If you feel it's an important topic, let me see your hand. Is this topic important? Is it important? Well, the way I saw some of us respond to the video, say after me, we are saved by grace alone, through faith, alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, in Christ alone according, to alone, according to Scripture alone, for the glory of God alone. Good. So what does the Bible teach about making heaven? Oh my God. What does the Bible teach about it? I want you to know that the standard of truth must be something endorsed by God. Pardon me. People's visions cannot be the standard of truth because it is subjective. There is something trending in the nation Nigeria and it has become almost a, a joke, but it's more serious than that. A certain lady has come out and said to say that if you eat sardine, you are going to hell. Who saw that video? They called her Mommy Gio. She's the fake Mommy Gio. Media, this mic. She's the fake mommy Gio. The real one is the wife of Pastor Ia Adeboye. Hallelujah. <laughs> she said, if you take draw soup, you are going to hell. 
The interesting part is she has a congregation and they take notes. It seems to me that the devil always raises a movement around the subject of making heaven every five years. Five years ago, Sister Linda came with her dream that she died and went to hell. And God gave her a revelation for the church from hell that anybody who is using wig, right? Lipstick, earrings, they are going to hell. That one made waves. That one actually made waves. That thing capsided the fate of many people. In fact, it broke a church into pieces. A strong church in this city. And that's just a simple heresy that the Bible, well, it's not a simple, but the Bible talks about it. From the Bible, God does not send anybody with a message to the church from the, from the grave. You cannot die and wake up and come with a message for the church. Luke 16, verse 16 shows us. Let's look at it. Maybe I should start from there. Luke 16, verse 16. Should we start from there? Luke 16. Go to, down to the story of Lazarus and the rich man. I wish sure Lagos is connected. Verse 19. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fed sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar, that the beggar died, and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and set Abraham afar off. And Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. Question, can a drop of water cool your tongue? You on the earth, can a drop of water with somebody's finger cool your tongue? Yet this man is crying for someone to dip his hand in water. That's to tell you the intensity of heat. When we talk about salvation, people think this is a joke. For I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember thou it thou in the lifetime thou received good things and Lazarus evil things, but now is comforted and thou art tormented. Jump to verse 27. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father. So the rich man was praying to Abraham. He said, I pray thee therefore, or he was begging Abraham. I think it's a better entry. He was begging Abraham. He says, Father. Since you cannot send Lazarus to me, that thou would send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, can we read verse 29, everybody? One, two, three, go. They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. 
Read verse 30. Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. Is that not the logic? That if somebody dies and comes from the dead and talks to his brethren, they will repent. But see Abraham's response, verse 31. And the prophets, neither would they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Verse 32. He says they have Moses and the prophets. What is Moses and the prophets? That was the Hebrew way of calling the Bible. If you read Luke chapter 24, it says he expounded unto them in all the scripture, in Moses and the prophets, in all the scripture, the things concerning himself. So he's saying if they cannot receive the testimony of the scripture, if you like, die and rise from the dead, they will not receive it. That means God does not send anybody from the dead with a message to the church. What does that tell you? Everybody that said they died and went to hell and brought the message to the church saying God said if you don't wear this or if you wear this, you are going to hell. They lied. The scripture cannot be broken. Praise the Lord. This is a very important topic to me because it seems as though nobody is really sure of how to make heaven. And that's why you hear funny questions like, what if you have been serving God since? Then when the trumpet sound, just before the trumpet sound, you looked at your wife and said, you are a very stupid woman. You say, all your work in God canceled. Who has said that kind of thing before? Then I remember giving a very funny reply years ago when they were preaching to me. That, see, I said, ah, once I hear the trumpet, I would say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I will recite the prayer fast, fast. <laughs> oh, God. Even me, I wasn't really sure until I began to study the Bible. So that verse alone has debunked the whole visions, all the visions put together. I would have shown you more verses to tell you that you cannot use visions. But we are out of time. So let's go straight into it. First of all, the phrase making heaven is not found in the Bible. Newsflash. Everywhere is quiet. Like that sister said, Pastor David always has a way of keeping us on suspense. Making heaven as a phrase, making heaven, is not in the Bible. Another thing that got me thinking, when you read about the early church, they seem to be more excited about the coming of Christ than the present day church. Could there be something they knew about it that we don't know? 
Let's find out. So, I'm going to give you different headings or different subjects on which we'll look at the story of making heaven. Are you with me? Or subtopics. Are you with me? So, if you are writing, so you can write making heaven in double colon. Let's begin. Number one. This concept, I call it the concept of the exceeding righteousness. You can write exceeding righteousness. Matthew chapter 5 from verse 20. Matthew 5 verse 20. Matthew 5 verse 20. Everybody read Matthew 5 verse 20. 1, 2, 3, go. Read it one more time. For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. The teachings of Jesus eh? is strong. Now, he says, except your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. Who are the scribes and Pharisees? Or who were the scribes and Pharisees? The scribes and the Pharisees were the strictest religious sect in Israel. In fact, for you to be a Pharisee, you must have memorized the entire Torah by heart. Do you know what that means? For you to be a Pharisee, eh? If they call anywhere in Genesis, you quote it. Exodus, Numbers, Leviticus, Deuteronomy. Those five books of Moses, the Torah, or the Pentateuch, you will quote it. You will read the beginning to the ending. <laughs> A Pharisee, when he's writing, when he wants to write the name of God, he will wash his hand, wash his feet. Dry it, then write the name of God. After writing the name of God, he will wash his hand again. Wash his feet and continue writing. For it to be a Pharisee, you have attained the highest religious honor. They were the religious leaders of their time. And their righteousness was based on keeping the laws of Moses. For you to exceed them in righteousness, it is practically impossible. Are you hearing me? There is no way you will exceed those guys without the help of God. Are you following me? And if you are going to exceed them by the help of God, it has to be by faith. You just have to trust God to help you exceed them. So go back to it. I want to show you something. Matthew 5 verse 20. It says, For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness. Are you seeing that? The righteousness, the second righteousness is in brackets. 
If you have an authorized King James Bible, you will discover that that righteousness, the second one, is slanted. Are you seeing that? He said, except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. So, how do I get the exceeding righteousness? Okay, the exceeding righteousness is the key into the kingdom of heaven. The exceeding righteousness is the ticket to get into heaven. How do I get it? So, should I show you how to get it? Should I show you how to get it? Pay attention. This is your ticket. Your ticket to heaven. Pay attention. Romans 3. Now, you need to understand that this burdens of the scribes and Pharisees was attained by keeping the law. So, if you kept the law of Moses, you have it. If you can't keep the law of Moses, you don't have it. Are you with me? Romans 3. From verse 19. Let's read 1, 2, 3, go. Now we know that what things soever the law said, it said to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Are you seeing this? So now, this law that the Pharisees ought to have been keeping... And we all have to do more than. He's saying that everything the law said, it was not even given to the people that it was given to for them to keep it. God gave them the law so that they can see that they are helpless. It says, now we know that what things soever the law said, it's yet to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped. So what was God doing? Adam and Eve have sinned against God and they have become sinners by nature. Pay attention. So, Adam and Eve have become depraved. They were born into darkness because of their sins. But can I tell you something? Every other person outside Adam and Eve would think they are normal. Every other man or woman, apart from Adam and Eve, they would not have experienced what it was before the fall. Are you with me? So, how would God offer them salvation? So even if God came to a man like Cain or Abel and said, this is what you need to do to be saved. You're like, what do I need to be saved from? I'm good. So what did God do? The way to prove to man that he needed help is, first of all, he said, I will make an example with Israel. So he brought out Israel, the chosen ones. And said, okay, Israel, I'm going to make an example with you about what I want to do in the world, Right? These are my laws. Can you keep it? They say, we? Do you know us before you? They want me. I will keep it. I will keep it. What's this? I will keep it. I'm good. In trying to keep the law, they began to see that, ah, there is a sin nature in us. We can't match up to this thing. The more they tried, the more they saw that there was something wrong with them. God said, I've gotten you where I want you to be. And that was what Jesus was trying to do. So, you will see Jesus say things like, you have heard that if a man takes his neighbor's wife, he has committed adultery. Now I say, if you look at her lustfully, if you look at her, just look, you have sinned. They were like, hey, whoa. we have not kept this other one. We have been struggling. Now you are telling us that if we only look, we are charged guilty. Help us. Are you with me? 
The idea of the law was not for them to keep, was to bring them to a point where they would see their need for salvation. God wanted them to see how wicked and how depraved they have been, but they will not be able to accept except a law is given to them. So, Israel was priding themselves that we are the chosen people of God. We are better than others. Okay, keep the law. When they could not keep it, they say, oh, we are as bad as others. It's those things that happened in primary and secondary schools years ago. So, in the class, they have the intelligent ones. Maybe like two or three boys or two or three students. These ones are the favorite students of the teacher. So the teacher says, even if nobody can get it in this class, these three must get, will get it. Then they call the three out and give them the question. They failed. If those three failed, everybody has failed. <laughs> Do you understand that? So if Israel failed, the whole world has failed. Are you with me? Because Israel were not different from us. They were just an example of us. Are you with me? So, Romans 3 verse 19, it says, now we know, can we put it back? It says, now we know that what things soever the law saith, he saith to them that who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Do you understand this verse now? I see that this verse doesn't make sense now. Verse 20. It says, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is knowledge of sin. So, through the law, God made, made man to see his sinfulness. Are you with me? So, for by the law is knowledge of sin. Verse 21. Everybody, verse 21. Read 1, to 3, go. But now, the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets... My emphasis is on the first phrase. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. For God to actually attach his identity to this righteousness is already an exceeding righteousness. Are you following me? Are you following me? God attached his identity to this righteousness. That means this one already exceeds the one of the law. Praise the Lord. It says, but now... The righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Verse 22, what's that righteousness? Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. So that means if you believe, if you put faith in Jesus Christ, you have the exceeding righteousness. And if you have the exceeding righteousness, you have your ticket into heaven. Does that make sense? Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith. So if I have faith in Jesus, if I put my faith in him, I have gotten the righteousness that exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and of the Pharisees. And that means... With this one, I went into the kingdom of heaven. Are you with me? Are you following? Are you following? One more verse on this thought. Philippians 3 verse 9. Philippians 3 verse 9. Everybody, one, two, three, go.
That's the best to shout about. Well, maybe it's because of the rendering. It's better put, and being found in him. Because it's coming from somewhere, but no time to go through the context. It says, I'm being found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law. But that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. What does that mean? If you are in him, you have this righteousness. So is there anybody here who is in Christ? Is there anybody here who is found in Christ? Is there anybody here who has believed in Christ? Then you have the exceeding righteousness. And if you have the exceeding righteousness, you have the ticket into heaven. Actually, let me, let me show you what it's actually saying. Go back to Matthew 5 verse 20. He says, for I say unto you that except of righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, it shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. That means if you have the righteousness that exceeds their own righteousness, you are found in the kingdom of heaven. That means you have entered. That just means the next point. So all we've discussed is point one, the exceeding righteousness. So let's take point two, the way to heaven. Matthew 5, verse 28, it says, Be ye therefore perfect, as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Can we put it on the screen? Matthew 5, 28. Am I missing something? 48, please. Matthew 5, 48. It says, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. So, can we conclude that the Father lives in heaven? Can we conclude that? You also see in chapter 6, from verse 9, it says, When you want to pray, pray this way, Our Father who art in heaven. So, we can say that the Father is in heaven, right? And Jesus says in John 14 from verse 6. John 14 verse 6. Jesus said, saith unto him, said, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Are you seeing this? Jesus called himself the way, the truth, and the life. Now, that means if I come to the Father by him, or if I've believed in him, he has brought me into the presence of the Father. So where am I now? I know he's, he's, he's still doing you. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 7 from verse 24 to 25. You will discover that the summary of this teaching is actually... Only those who are in heaven will make heaven. <laughs> it may sound like tautology, but it's Bible says, only those who are in heaven will make heaven. Hebrews 7 from verse 24. But this man, because he continues forever, had an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore he is able 
also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. That means by him we come unto God. So the Christian actually is not trying to make heaven. If he came by Jesus Christ, he was born into the presence of the Father. The day he got born again, he was born into where the Father is. Are you with me? Say after me, I've come unto God by him. I have come unto God by him. I have come unto God by him. I am with the Father right now. I am with the Father right now. Because I came through the way. The truth. And the life. His name is Jesus. Glory! This is biblical teaching on making heaven. Oh, pastor, are you sure you are not just joining scriptures? Let's read on. Ephesians 2. From verse 4. Ephesians 2, verse 4. It says, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us. You know, this verse is such an emotional verse for me. Because that but is a disruptive but. Put verse 3. Among whom also we had our conversation in time past, among the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath. He's talking about our states before we, we saw Christ. Our states before we met Christ. Our states before we encountered Christ. You know, from verse 1, it says, And you who were dead in trespasses and sins, and you had it quickened, and you had it made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Among you, you had your conversation in, with the children of disobedience. Wherein in time past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now walking in the children of disobedience, and all that and all that. He now says in verse 4, But God! Ah! But God! You know, sometimes reading the Bible, I have different reactions. When I saw that one, I dropped the Bible. Hey! But God! So it's just like, it's just like, I was driving the car. The brake was no longer holding. The steering wheel was no longer holding. I was about to run, run into this trailer, but God stepped in. I was about to run under the trailer, but somehow, somehow, the car was brought to a grinding halt. That's what I've shown you here. You're on your way in darkness. You were lost in darkness. We were lost in darkness. We we're on our way to eternal condemnation, but God. Mm. But God who is rich in mercy. But God, but God. Hey. I can imagine somebody who was listening to me outside the room. He said, what's wrong with that guy? But God, but God, but God. <laughs> Glory! But God who is rich in mercy. For his great love, where he loved us. Oh, you know, the way God paints scriptures to me sometimes. Picture you and your close friend. You have this bad habit of not calling her on her birthday. You missed last year. You say, hey, 
I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. See, yeah, look, let it go. This year came again, you missed it. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The next year, I'm sorry. By the time you say, don't worry. Just go, keep your sorry to yourself. Maybe that was a milder version. Somebody's always making you angry, always annoying you. That thing you say don't do, he's always doing it. And after he does it, you say, Chai, I thought about it. I came to say, I'm sorry. And he has thought about it now 15 times. The next time you do it again, say, please, don't think about it. Just don't tell me the sorry. Just go. Just go. You know what's happening? Because of how he has continued, your mercy has finished. But that same guy, if he's in love with a particular girl, eh? The girl was having breakfast. If the girl calls back and says, I just thought about it, I just think we should continue. Come back. Come, come, let's continue. She has done it five times, but say this one, it must be this one, it must be this one. The love is too much, you will continue. You see, because the love is abundant, the mercy is also abundant. Are you following me? Are you following me? It's just an example. You like love too much. To take this too serious. <laughs> because the love is abundant, the mercy is abundant. He's saying that's the same thing with God. So, there are some people that, we as human beings, you're like, God, why, why have you not just killed this person? This guy has been sinning, 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 sinning. By now, this guy should just die and go, go, go. But God is saying, I love him. I love him. So my mercy is abundant. So I'm still waiting for him to come. But God, who is rich in mercy? Maybe you are here saying, ah, pastor, if you know the things I've done, hey, God, pastor, you don't have an idea. Will God, I know he has forgiven me. What if he's looking at me with one bad eye? It says, but God, who is rich in mercy, he's not scarce in mercy. The mercy know they finish. But God who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us. Verse 5. Even when we are dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. Has quickened us together with Christ. Glory! By grace are you saved. Verse 6. And has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What does this mean? It means you are seated with Christ in heaven. If you check authorized King James and all that, you will see that this place is italicized. Italicized. You know why? Even the translators were confused. How, how can these guys be sitting? They were, they were following a train of thoughts. Let me just shock you. In King James, authorized King James, that's why I like it. All those places you see slanted words, bracket words, they were not there. So, the, the translators looked at it. They looked at the Greek sepulchre and are like, this thing does not make sense like this. Let's choke this one. Let's put it so that it will make a logical sense to us. But the people that wrote it, the apostles, they know what God showed them and they wrote. He says, he has raised up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So, what does that mean? If you are in Christ Jesus, you are in heaven. Ah, pastor, does that now mean that? Ah, I'm in heaven, so I can now, I can misbehave. Hey, hey, hey. Because that's the fear. 
Pastor, if you preach like this, does that mean that, okay, now, nah, I'm already sitting with Christ in heaven now. I'm already in heaven now. I mean, I can't misbehave. Well, let's read on. Let's read on. And I dressed up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, verse 7, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. So, God did this thing so that he can brag about himself. He did this thing so that one day I will stand before you like this and be telling you that God is gracious and kind. Praise the Lord. Verse 8. Verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith. Everybody read together. One, two, three, go. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself is the gift of God. Hallelujah. Verse 9. It says, not of works. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Are you with me? Pay attention. Not of works, lest any man should boast. So we are not saved by works, right? Verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. So, we are not saved by works, but when we are saved, we will produce good works. Why? Because when you are saved, you are not just, it's not like you are one person here, you are the sinner man here, and God now says, you know what, I'm going to save you. He carries you and brings you and says, now you are in light. That's not what happened though. That's not what happened. The Bible says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. What happened? This man is the sinner man. This is the man of sin. So God comes in the person of Jesus Christ, joins himself with us and dies. So this man will die. Are you following me? He dies that the old life of sin and the sinful nature will die. So now that that one has gone, what will he do? Because he needs to get you back. He will recreate you in Christ. So if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. So now, now that you are in Christ, there ought to be works that reveal that you are a new creature. Let me tell you, you cannot continue the sinner man life in the heavenly places. Because those who are seated in heaven, they have the language of heaven. They have the culture of heaven. Are you with me? Let me show you something else. Philippians 3. Philippians 3. Philippians 3. From verse 18 to 21. It says, For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that the enemies of the cross of Christ... How do we know the enemies of the cross of Christ? Whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. Are you seeing the signs? Now let me explain. Go back. Whose glory is in their shame? What does that mean? Whose glory is in their shame? The things they're supposed to be shameful about, they are glorying about. Are you with me? Now, why was Paul weeping? He was weeping because these people were part of the church. So because they were part of the church and amongst the believers, Paul was warning the, the believers that when you see your guys like this, who are glorying about the things they ought to be weeping about, 
All the things us to be ashamed about. If you see these guys around you in your church, they are enemies of the cross. Are you with me? Are you with me? Praise the Lord. Shout glory. The children will come and take over you. Whose end is destruction? Whose God is their belly? Whose glory is in their shame? Who mind earthly things? You see what I was t- talking about when I said rejoice? They are mindless in the things of the spirit. When they are in church, they don't care. Their mind is absent. They, but when it's earthly things, you say, man, see that vovo. No, it's not vovo, it's not raining. Ah, please, let no vex for me. Oh. They, are, they are doing well, they are doing well. See, ring through that. This by Benz. Somebody comes and gives a testimony. I led a soul to Christ. I prayed for the guy. He was healed. Ah, I was praying and the Holy Spirit told me. Like, okay, cool story. When somebody comes and said, last night, I got an alert. Yes, yes, yes. What are you talking about? Their attention, earthly things, earthly, earthly, earthly. Nothing about God gives them joy, but they are in church. That's why Paul was weeping. Are you with me? That's why Paul was weeping. Who mind earthly things? Go on, verse 19. It says, Who's that in destruction? Whose glory is their belly? Whose God is their belly? Whose glory is in their shame? Who mind earthly things? Verse 20. It says, For our conversation is in heaven. Hey. You may not get this with this translation. Give me NLT. Do you have NLT? Does anybody have NLT? Do we have NLT? Everybody read NLT. Philippians 3 verse 20. 1 to 3 go. Read it one more time. Read it one more time. Read it again. Did you say, oh, we are trying to make heaven. We are trying so hard to ensure that we will make it at last. Or heaven at last. Is that what he said? He said, we are citizens of heaven. Where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. Now, he says we are citizens of heaven. Where Jesus Christ lives. That means, if we are citizens of heaven, where Jesus Christ lives, and we are seated with Christ in heavenly places, that means we are where he is. Are you with me? And he was saying this to a con- as a contrast to the guys Whose God is their belly? Are you with me? He was saying this as a contrast to the guys whose God is their belly, who mind earthly things. So he's saying that one of the ways, or how do you know those who are going to heaven? Look at them on the earth. By the time you see a man not living according to the culture of the earth, he's not living according to the culture of his day. He's not subjected to the prevailing influence of his day, but he's acting as though he belongs to a different kingdom, is proof that he does not belong here. Are you with me? So this is where the idea of us living holy stems from, because we don't belong here. So our holiness is not the ticket to heaven. Our holiness is our show to the world that we belong there. Have you ever seen that verse that says, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord? That's what he's actually saying. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Meaning, men, we know that people who belong to God are here by our lifestyle. Are you with me? It's not saying that our holiness will be the key. The key is Christ. The way is Christ. 
if you are, can live holy without Christ, that holiness is not taking you to heaven. Because that your holiness without Christ is called morality. So there are many religions in the world. Buddhist, Hindu, they say the way of peace. The way of peace. Don't fight with anybody. Smile to everybody. Do like this. Greet them. Share your food. Do like this. Well done. But you are going to hell. <laughs> because the way is Jesus. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Did you hear what I just said? <laughs> so now, based on this few points of mine, I hope I've been able to convince you and not confuse you <laughs> that the Christian is seated with Christ in heaven. He's not trying to make heaven. He was born there. So, when you have this understanding, some other verses in the Bible will now begin to make sense. When you see a verse like this, Colossians 3 verse 1. Verse 1 to 4. An interesting verse. It says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ seated on the right hand of God. Why? Set your affections on things above and not on things on the earth. Are you seeing the flow of thought? The Bible is, has one message. Verse 3. Verse 3. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Oh, glory to God. So when it says for you are dead, who is dead? The old man. Because he's not talking about you, the, the you in Christ now. Because he just told you, if you then be risen with Christ. <laughs> Are you seeing that? If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Now see verse 4. These people who set their affections on things above, these people who are set with Christ in heavenly places, he says, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. You may not see it here, but this is the rapture. This is the rapture. He says, when Christ will appear, you will not be somewhere saying, when you come to call at your people, remember me, O Lord. See, when he appears, you will not be praying for him to remember you. He is coming to reveal you. When Christ shall appear, then shall he also appear with him. You know why? Because all along you've been seated with him. All along you've been a citizen of heaven. Are you with me? Say to me, when he appears, I appear with him. When he appears, I appear with him. When he appears, I appear with him. Glory! I have a feeling that some of you, that's not really entered. Because I knew the way I was reacting when I saw these things. Let me give you an example. If you put your children in boarding school, if you put your children in boarding school, hmm, and you're supposed to go and carry them after four months, imagine 
you got to the school and you met the teacher and the teacher says, sir, there is a problem. He said, what's the problem? He said, your child has been praying every night that when you are coming to collect them, that you remember them. Or, imagine your child called you from the school and said, Daddy, don't forget me when you are coming. Please remember me. <laughs> what will you say? As the parents, what will you say? You ask, are you okay? Is there something wrong? With, wrong? Or am I not your father again? <laughs> So imagine the parents are coming now to carry, and children are somewhere. Please, don't forget me. Don't forget me. You're like, I'm coming for you. How will I forget you? Are you with me? Are you seeing why that, doc, that teaching on assurance is very important? Because you must know that you belong to Him. He says, When Christ, who is our life? Is He your life? <laughs> Are you with me? If he's your life, if he has been the one that has been the source of your affection all through, he's not going to forget you, sir. Instead, he's going to reveal you. The interesting thing is, his coming is our coming. Because actually, we are still in this mortal flesh. We look like, see, when you see two people, who one is saved, the other is not saved, they may still look alike. They put their faces together. They all look, we all look the same. But when he appears, the spirit within us will break out the mortal flesh and say, this is who you truly are. Mm. When Christ who is alive shall appear, then shall we also. Oh my God. His appearance is our appearance. So you see scriptures like 1 John chapter 3 from verse 1. 1 John 3 verse 1. He says, now are we the sons of God. He says, behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not. Are you seeing what I've been saying since? The world does not know us because it knew him not. Mm. Therefore, the world knoweth not us. Because he knew him not. Verse, verse 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when we, he shall appear. Hey. 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 See, I'm just showing you scriptures. These, these are rapture scriptures. I've even gone beyond the scope of my... T- teaching. Ah, prepare! The Lord is coming like a thief in the night. The Lord is coming like a thief in the night. We don't know who will miss it. He's coming like a thief. Oh. He's coming like a thief. One will be taken, one will be left. One will be taken, one will be left. <laughs> hey, hey. No. Like a thief, when I'm the one coming with him. So, <laughs> I'm appearing with him. So who is the thief? The Lord. <laughs> then, we, then we are thieves together now. <laughs> because when he appears, I shall appear with him. His appearance is my appearance. 
Do you know the reason why you'll be taken off the ground when he appears? Because you don't belong there. You actually seated with him in heaven. So when he appears in the sky, he say, guys, let's go. <laughs> guys, it's time, it's time. <laughs> Let me, this is Tiff in the night. Let me show you one verse. You will shout. First Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians 5. From verse 1. Media, media. It says, but of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. Eyes. Oh. Verse 2. For ye yourselves perfect, ye yourselves know perfectly, or perfectly know, that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Verse 3. Pay attention. For when they shall say, peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon the woman with child, and they shall not escape. Now, look at the tenses. When they shall say. He didn't say when we shall say. Oh, God. When they shall say. When they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail with the woman with child, and they shall not escape. Read verse 4. But ye brethren, ye are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. Hey. Say after me, I'm not in darkness. Hey, I'm not in darkness. You see where we, we go around, we're asking, are you saved? Because the joy of this thing is belongs to us who are in him. Say after me, I'm not in darkness. Listen, now is the time to pray that sinner's prayer. Pass, pass. Not when you hear the trumpet. Now is the time to say, ah, come on, this thing is for the guys inside. Though. If I'm not sure, Lord, I want to follow you now. I want to. Now is the time to do it. Join the club now. <laughs> Join the club of those in the lights who are enjoying Christ Jesus. No matter what's happened in your life, no matter whether no money, support, this one, that one, throw yourself inside him. Say after me, I'm not in darkness. 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 Glory! I'm not in darkness. See, if you are not sure where you stand with the Lord now, bend your head and talk to him. Now is the time. Some people, they are in. They are holding Juju with one hand. They are holding God with one hand. Say, eh, two legs, two legs of his team make the thing stand. You are confused. You better leave darkness. Because the Bible says, we know that this world shall be burnt with fervent heat. What manner of men we ought to be? Even the idols will be burnt. Say, you are reformed fraternity. It will be burnt, all of you. The Bible says, (laughs) you you better make up your mind because the days we are going into, God will make a clear-cut distinction. When I was in Lagos two days ago, in the afternoon, studying, the Lord came to me. He said, my son. I said, Pops, what's up? Tell the church, the days of playing games are over. 
Say, Father, I will make a distinction. I will make a distinction. We may look slow, but we are sure. He will make a distinction. Before the Lord comes, it will be clear that Jesus won completely. We will rule in every sector of life. We will judge this world. Eh? The, the, see, the victory of Christ over sin and Satan and darkness will be evidently clear. He would not take us. Then, as we are going in, this, in the cloud, say, guys, we're gone. Bye-bye world, we told you. We are doing crusades. We told you. Peace, 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 guys. <laughs> We're gone. <laughs> Say after me, I'm not in darkness. Not in darkness. Hallelujah. A simple way to know that you belong to him. Does he give you joy? Do you enjoy his word? Has your heart opened to him? I wish I could teach you more, but time is up. I've overstretched the time. Were you blessed today? Father, we thank you. Because of the sensitivity of this topic, I'll do two things. Number one, let us all bow our heads. If there's anyone here you know you've not truly surrendered your heart to the Lord. You can pray with me where you are. You can close your eyes and say, Lord Jesus, save me. I've seen that I cannot save myself on my own, by my own righteousness. By my own good work. I want you to say to the Lord as you are hearing me. Even if you are following online, you can say to the Lord, by my own righteousness, I am doomed for eternal judgment on my own. Lord, I may not truly understand what your servant is talking about, but please, I ask, have mercy. I've been going on my own all this while. I want to follow you genuinely. Open me up today. Save me today. Make me your own today. Now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. And if you have a question, just one question, the fastest hands, one question. Please ask. I started taking questions because I found out that in most big mainstream churches, people may have questions and nobody has. Now that we are growing, let's be taking. Soon, there will be no chance again. So ask, please. Glory. Glory. That's it. That's right. Good. Pastor, please, how can we seek the things that are above? And what are these things that are above? Okay. Praise the Lord. How do we seek the things that are above? So, Colossians 3 from verse 1, it says, seek those things which are above. Set your affection on things which are above. So, if you are looking for a wig, how do you seek a wig? How do you seek, if you want to find a wig, how do you get a wig? Give me ideas. 
You go to stores, right? You go to stores where they sell. So, looking for things above, but Jesus says, go to them that sell and buy. Number one, you must place premium on associations, on platforms where the things of the Spirit or the things of God are offered. So, I'm just going to start to tell you, take your connection to a place like this serious. Are you hearing me? Take the things of prayer serious. Take the word of God serious. That's how to seek the things above. Nobody was born a spiritual giant. We all started one day by reading the Bible. Eh? Eh? We went to meetings and heard people preach and say, are you serious? So it's like this. When we, ah, this thing, this thing makes sense. So, okay, I'll go and continue. By paying attention, we are seeking. Prayer. So what are the things above? Prayer, the word of God, the gospel. First of all, the gospel. The gospel. Why is it called good news? For a long time, I was asking myself, why is the gospel called good news? What did they call it good news? I have to read the book of Romans. See, to be honest with you, now I'm breaking down things, explaining the word of God to you. When I was doing Bible study, and I'm still doing, there are many things I contended with. Because, okay, imagine, without, with all sense of humility, when last did you hear somebody teach heaven like this? If you're hearing this teaching on heaven like this for the first time, let me see your hand. The teaching on heaven like this for the first time, raise your hand. Like this. See the number. I was battling with a lot of... This is what I heard. But why would the scripture see this? I remember one time I went to go and ask my coordinator, prayer coordinator those days. I was like, sir, eh, I'm seeing something in the Bible. But sir, I was to me. He said, this boy, this boy, don't, don't bring wrong revelation here. You see, this boy, every time you're asking me a question, every time, can't you just take the one that we have said? Take it now, take it. The guy cleared me. But I went back, but the Bible is saying. Ha! <laughs> huh? There were questions I was asking. Some of them, nobody could answer. Are you with me? I kept reading, listening to messages, listening. That's why right now, I already tell about tell our people. I said, if you are not listening to new breed messages, you are wrong. I'm telling you, you are wrong. Sorry, but you are wrong. Because how can people that are fooling online? Eh? One of our leaders, famous, is in Bristol now, in Europe. He was telling me how when he was in school, his Muslim classmates was following our teachings like this. He was following. Ah! So I thought it was maybe a one-off thing. And somebody else coming from the U.S. said, I've been following all the teachings from the United States. I've been following. So if they are following like that, you that is inside, what are you doing? Seek those things which are above. Eat it. Chop, chop it. Many people that came to this church, some of them had dreams. Minister Ekene in Lagos, soon to be Pastor Ekene. <laughs> How did he come to New Breed? 
He finished from the university, praying to God, said, Lord, please, I want to grow spiritually. Show me what to do. Slept and saw me in the dream with a board writing. Then he saw on social media, I was holding a program at Ikeja, Lagos. He said, I'm going. And interestingly, that meeting, I came with a board. I taught for seven hours on the gospel and the spirit. <laughs> when I was done with the teaching, the people took the mark and wrote on the board, we have been bibled. By the time you soak yourself in things like that, after a while, without you knowing, you think it's just all about a mental exercise and all that your spirit man is gaining. After a while, you, be- you become stronger. Soon you want to pray more. Soon you want to worship more. My wife that, is, that was jumping, when she came, when we started this ministry, when she first came, and we were teaching and all that, she was not jumping like that though. She was not saying, glory! She was just looking at us like this. Later, she met me. She said, I don't know. I can't explain it. But when you guys were shouting the glory, I felt like somebody was telling me behind me, jump, shout. I smiled. I said, that's an angel. So the next time he comes to you, jump. So in the service, she now jumped. She said, as I jumped, I felt free. I felt like something left me, like this thing. Like as I shouted, I felt free. I felt free. You are seeking things above. Because that is how we also learn the things of the world. You see somebody will give you one stick. <coughs> Say, smoke him. <laughs> no be Juman. Why do they do like small picking? Smoke that thing. <laughs> Before I know, he is a chimney. <laughs> the same way you can. Oh, you are speaking tongues. My tongues. That's how it's coming out. It's not coming out where it's just da, 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 da. speaking tongues. Speaking tongues. I'm not sure. I'm what if I'm insulting God? You are not insulting God. Speaking tongues. As you are doing that, you are seeking things above. Soon. Rakatamana. Jekete. Asakapa. Retete. I have seen. I have raised people like that. I cannot forget Pastor Victor. He met me 100 level. Then I was in 500 level. He was in 100 level. He said, Sir. I don't know. I, I was having this problem to meet you. So I don't know if I'm saved. That's the, how we met. I don't know if I'm saved. I don't know. Actually, we first met by the Spirit. I was walking past somewhere. I saw him. I said, come. And he came to my room. I said, I don't know. I don't know. But one year later, he called me. He said, I was walking in school. I saw a demon-possessed lady. I went to her. And I casted out the demon. I said, yes. That's, that's it. That's it. Because he has seen me. There were times in school he saw me. I was ministering. The devils were misbehaving. One even came and was dragging my shirt. <laughs> and when all the manifestation happened, we were like, ah. I said, it's not something that is special to me. It's something that Jesus Christ has given all of us. Are you with me? That's how you seek things above. When we devil take the church serious. See, there is a difference between trying to build a church and raising God and army. We are... Is it there are two different things? If I'm trying to build it around just a great denomination, it, you will see what people will be saying is Papa said, Pastor said, but it's not black and white in the Bible. Everything I'm sure. Are you with me? We are raising Christ and now me. So I want to encourage you. Sometimes it will take your time. Look at the time we are still in church. Some other churches, ah, 
But now we don't, we don't do 10 services now. 6 to 6.30, first service. 6.30 to 7, second service. 7.30 to 7.30, third service. And now we don't. <laughs> ah, why should they tell like this? Why should they tell like this? I don't tire now, I won't go out. <laughs> but when they are watching movie, Ani Lakbo, what's the one raining now? Ani Kolakbo, they will not say, oh, it's two hours plus. So say, why didn't it continue now? Why didn't it continue? Where is the season two coming out? Season two, you are seeking heavenly, earthly things. You don't know. You've given two hours. You've given out two hours. You've given out two hours. Before you know, you have watched it for six hours. Six hours. We now say, okay, let's pray for 30 minutes. Every time. Why that? When my wife was praying and she was shouting, hey, hey, I, I saw somebody. Where you looking at her? What did they worry this game? What did they worry this game? Seek those things which are above. Seek. Open your heart to it. Open your heart. Open your heart. Once upon a time, I used to be in church, eh? People would fall and say, wait, what is it now? Those days, if I see people cry, I'm like, why are we crying now? Why, is the, why are you crying now? Who died? Why are you crying? But as I opened my heart, opened my heart, I literally cried every two, three days old. Not because anybody died. Jesus. Sometimes, when we went for evangelism on Friday, I came back, went to my office, and was crying. You know why? I've met people. I'm preaching to them. You were explaining how Christ has died for them. How that they, was, they, was, they were destined to go to eternal damnation, but they cannot see. You are trying to explain to them. Those ones, they are deep in darkness. So you have to still go back and pray, and pray, and pray. Oh, God, open their heart. Open, open, God, open. You go and talk to them again. They are doing James Bond. You want to help them Eternal help. They are not seen. Christians are the one of evangelism. You don't know. People are in darkness. Look at where we went to. Almost 1,000 people. Not. We're talking to them. Eh, don't worry now. One told me, I know they go to church. I won't tell you now. I know they go any church. I, I, I said, why? I don't like church. Which one do you like? By the time the person opens the mouth and tell you the fetish things. The one that used to pain me the most is the one that now inside church. I met a lady that Friday. She said, I'm not lying. Me, I did go to church. But I did help myself. <laughs> when she gave me a rundown, she said, I don't like church. Oh. I don't like church. I did still go, but I have my ways. I have my ways. I see what I'm saying. Some are just there inside. Nothing about Christ. When you tell them, say, my papa did not say that one. <laughs> now, am I saying don't listen to your papa? Is he saying what is agreeing with the scriptures? Because even here too, there is a papa. Do you get it? So I, it's not like I criticize them or you are, you are stupid. For, no, God has ordained that men will lead his body, right? I've thought that before here, right? But eventually, <laughs> that's how to seek those things. Praise the Lord. To be honest with you, sometimes it's not going to be easy. To it will, it will tell on you. But in the end, I've told you about my work with God. The first five years, it looked like I was wasting my time. Oh. Things were tough for my family, tough for me, tough everywhere. 
Some people, they are distracted by money. God, this miracle has not done. Wait, wait. Enter first. Let it enter. You enter money. Somebody that he made heaven pay the gold. Why is it that God, have you ever thought to yourself, what does it cost God to give us greatness? You, who you are in him is more important than what you have. It's more important. God knows some people. They are, to them, they believe they are sincere. Let money come first. God knows that some people, one billion now, that's the end. That's the end. The final fatality of their fate. Says done, gone for, finished, dead. <laughs> and they will have legit reasons. I called the lady this morning. Why are you not coming to church? Say, Pastor, I'm not coming to church because I get business. I, I said, what do you mean? She said, see, I get business to do this morning. Now I know they come to church. If you hear the business, you'll be angry. Sometimes I won't feel like asking God, God, you make it easy now. Just bless the people. Let them now be serving you. <laughs> Are you with me? Well, God knows. He's watching us. He's dealing with us. He's growing us. Hallelujah. 